Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Ride the Storeman. If you notice, our studio has changed dramatically. We are no longer in the upper room. We're actually downstairs, one of our classrooms, because we have some very special guests. We've got uh, some events going on this week, some training for those that wish to participate in it. And we have some experts in the area of, quite frankly, just the strength of America. But their, their specific area of expertise is that of counterterrorism. Uh, sitting to my left and to your right as you're looking to the screen, we've got first, long-time friends, all of these, John Guandola. John's got a, boy, his arrest record is longer than most people resume. But anyway. He's been uh, in jail that many times. That many times, yeah. Wow. But just uh, in a nutshell, uh, graduate of the Naval Academy, uh, former United States Marine, uh, former member of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You know, it tells me he just can't hold a job is what no, it tells me. really can't. But. Actually, with the FBI, uh, after 9-11, John was actually awarded for his work in counterterrorism. Oh, oh, counterterrorism. Oh. No, starts with the C, counterterrorism. Oh, well, just... But counterterrorism, back when the Islamists were the bad oh, guys. This guy, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know you don't lock the doors. Hey, I'm comedic relief here. Yeah. But, but it was literally an award-winning, uh, uh, an analyst and advisor to the United States government from the Federal Bureau of Investigation on Counterterrorism, when we actually were honest enough to call the bad guys the bad guys. Yeah. Now, so this is back when the FBI was actually a good... Yes, back when the FBI was on our side. Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. Uh, then we have Claire Lopez. And Claire, Claire is one of those... What do they call them? Why do they call them spooks? I have no idea. No idea? Okay. Well, she We called ourselves officers. Officers, okay. Yeah. Claire was t over 20 years in the uh, Central Intelligence AG Agency. By the way, is there really any intelligence... In the Central Intelligence. Okay, CIA. For over two decades. Okay. <laughs> Former CIA. Other than that, she has been an expert and a contributor on a number of think tanks and other entities. And then uh, former state legislator, uh, John Bennett, who was actually the head of the Oklahoma Republican Party for some while until they could find a real head of the Republican Yeah, I'm sorry. So, you know, we're, we're just too bound up today. It's all too many, it's too all many jokes. <laughs> John's been a legislator uh, and, of course, former 20 years in the Marine Corps, right? 21 years in the Marine Corps. 21, yes. So at least you were able to hold a job in the Marine Corps. Yeah, I'm like, John, this. what does it take to get fired from the Marine Corps? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. It, it was almost as bad as having to serve in the legislature with this guy. Oh, I know. Yeah, because my standard I set was so high, he couldn't reach it. <laughs> and they actually had you guys as table mates. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it was a sad, sad experience. Because I, I well, didn't they, have enough time to keep him. They came to me, here's what they did. They came to me and said, look, Dan, you're a true conservative. Could you sit with John and help him? Because he's obviously struggling. So I did my best. Well, that I mean, you true. take you well, took a shot for the state. The only thing you did was brought, brought a box for me to stand on when I debate, and that was it. <laughs> so outside of that, well, never before that, you had nothing to stand on. So you know, <laughs> well, that was helpful at least. He he did contribute. For, you know, have a, uh, well, oh, a little. I mean, no, 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 I'm because I, I woke him up every time he needed to vote. <laughs> yeah, well, punch the button for him. <laughs> Right. The best thing I could accomplish there. On to the broadcast. Okay, let's get, let's make it now. now they've got eleven minutes. We have seconds. wasted four minutes of quality it's time. Been it has been entertaining. Yeah, we have people that tune in. I have no idea why. We yeah. we try not to actually convey anything educational, but at least they have something to chuckle about. Anyway, what? Let me let me. You guys, we first met because of the Islam issue. Of course, after nine eleven. The Osama bin Laden was then classified a bad guy. And we recognize that Islam, when you look at the history of Islam all the way back to Muhammad, that there are certainly some troublesome things 
in the history of Islam. And their declared intentions and then also <laughs> adds to that. A few things to be concerned about. Then, over the last 10 years, really, by and large, the subject of Islam has faded from the news. And of course, now in recent years, we have the Great Reset, we have Vladimir Putin, we have Xi Jinping, uh, we have, uh, of course, the COVID and all that's taken place in the United States of America. And we, we've had some great conversations over the last couple of days, including at dinner last night. But let me just ask each of you, give me, give, what is the number one threat that you think there is to the sovereignty and safety uh, of the United States of America. I'll begin with John and then work our way down. What is, of, of all of these, what's number one? I think it's the cabal of all of them. So the communist Islamic movement, the people collaborating with them that are not necessarily ideologically aligned with them, and and the entities, uh, both individual business and, and nation states, that are financing that. And of course, the communist movement includes at the top of the heap, communist China, the Islamic movement, top of the heap, Iran and Saudi Arabia and others, Qatar. Um, but it's them working seamlessly, literally at the international, national, and local levels here in the United States. So it's the cabal of all. Yeah. Way to check all of the above. But yeah. that's accurate in our conversation. Yeah. Claire, what do you what do you have to say? Yeah, no, I have to agree absolutely with John with including all of those threats. Uh, but I would actually prioritize China right now. And the reason I would do that as the number one threat to U.S. national security and really international stability is because China has uh, the economic prowess. It has a military that is absolutely pell-mell driving for superiority in every area that you can think of. Uh, and that it has publicized its, its uh, not just its... Uh, you know, national image, uh, they want to be the Baal, that is the hegemon of the entire world, all under heaven. Uh, but very specifically, you know, have have, have declared uh, themselves, number one, to be at war with the United States of America and to have plans to uh, attack not just Taiwan, uh, but also to clear, literally to clear the South China Sea of all naval shipping United States and our allies in the region, like Japan. Well, can I ask them, since they say they're at war with us, is that why we sold them a million barrels of our strategic defense <laughs> reserve? Just unbelievable. Well, they're at war. They need some help. <laughs> they can get what the help they need from Russia and they're getting it. <laughs> right. I mean, right. Siberia sits right yeah. north of them. Um, so so you know, my point well, was, obviously, I'm kidding around. Yeah. But my point is, we don't take their threat seriously, is the point. Well, here, here's part or at of least problem. our administration. Here's part of the problem. Each area of, of, of U.S., uh, let's say, government yes. uh, is still siloed. So when the uh, military looks at the threat from China, they're looking at their brand new aircraft carrier. They're looking at their new nuclear missile silos built out in the western part of the country. They're looking at their hypersonic uh, missile and yes. missile capabilities. Right. And, and it's military. It's, it's hardware. It's technology. And then you've got the State Department, and they're looking at it as a, a diplomatic issue. So we need to discuss, we need to negotiate, we need mm -hmm. to come to some agreement. And they're siloed in that in that area, and and they, they they don't they don't seem to be able to cross you know cross cross communicate. And isn't that what we found was the major problem with 9/11? Exactly. That we weren't sharing exactly. information then. It's what not was... so much not sharing information as not being able to see outside of your own yeah. silo. Okay. 
I would also say, though, that in this case with Mr. Biden, he's intentionally aiding our enemies. Yeah. Of course he is. Destruction. And that was kind of my point. I which yeah, is jokingly, but the, the U.S. generals are doing, which is what we're doing with our financial policy. All these things are intentional. I think that's something the American people have got to. Let's come back to this because the big deal is the total warfare. And, yeah. and, but, but John, go ahead and throw in. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to throw one, two cents in. Yeah. So, you know, being serving in the Middle East and other areas and being a counterintelligence agent and doing strategical Cold War stuff prior to the wars kicking off and then switching to more of a, a tactical, strategical in country dealing with the communist Marxist threat and the global Islamic threat. Yeah. I learned a lot of things by experience. You know, someone punches you in the mouth enough, you realize, you know what, I need to move the next because <laughs> that hurts. Yeah. Uh, but what I learned is, well, now we know that at the local level, all the way to the international level, the communist Marxists and jihadis are all working together uh, to attack our constitutional republic. Right. Um, so, of course, I agree with, with these two uh, patriots here because they have the knowledge and the experience uh, as well, great knowledge and experience. And I agree with their assessment, but I would say the biggest threat we face today is our elected officials, primarily the Republican Party, uh, because they're not doing anything to completely stop. agree. Yeah. Uh, and at best, they're, they would be controlled opposition, but some of them are actually working with the Communist Democrat Party, Biden administration, and others, China, Russia, and others, whether intentionally or not, it doesn't matter. They're still working for the other side, pushing the same agenda. And we, the people, are the ones that suffer along the way. Yeah. Right now, right. we're under the gun. We're right in the crosshairs. And if something doesn't change soon, yeah. We're going to pay the price. Well, and I think you're right, because Paul and I, we, we constantly point out that at least the Democrats tell us what they are. Exactly. They just simply do what they say they are. Yeah. We, on the other hand, Republicans, say we're one thing, but we do the other. Exactly. For, for me, it's a greater danger. We failed to fight at a minimum. Yeah. No, it's exactly. The Republican Party, when the heat gets turned up, they just jump in, in the boat with the Democrats and do what they're doing, which is completely contradictory to yeah. our Republican yeah. government. No, that's exactly. That's a great, probably the greatest threat. Well, we even so, saw that in the legislature here in Oklahoma. You and I, as we said. Let me add something to that while we're talking about politicians, which is not just the only area uh, of concern. But if, if, if you've uh, seen or read or heard about Peter Schweitzer's newest book called Red Handed, uh, he's got a chapter of peace on different areas of, of American society, academia, uh, the diplomatic corps, government, and so forth, and Wall Street, finance, companies, um, uh, sports, entertainment, Hollywood. And, and he uses a term in translation that the Chinese use themselves, and it's called elite capture. <laughs> and so when you're talking about, um, you know, the, the, these various government officials, you know, working uh, not just, you know, co-opted by each other, they've been co-opted by China. Right. In one way or another, yeah. and, and and you know either either inducements or or whatever it may be, but but they've been co-opted, and that's part of why we're seeing such capitulation across the board. Yeah, well, two things to to what you said first uh, about the Republicans. Yeah, I think it was much better for America that Barack Obama was president than John McCain. And here's why: John McCain would have taken us and driven us off the cliff. And Americans would have just gone with it. Yeah. Barack Obama, what he did is he, it was such a two by four to the face 
that it woke people up to realize, wait a minute, this guy's actually, this is communist. They are literally subverting the country. They really believe. And he said, <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm an acolyte of Solinsky, Marxist revolutionary ideology. I'm a community organizer, which is a term that comes right. Sure, of course it does. This is a communist movement. And the, the second thing is that, that these are communists. They want communism and they're communists. They're not progressives. They're not liberals. They're not wackos. They might not be mentally stable, but they're they're propelling communist doctrine. And Americans need to understand that. Yeah, they may not be stable, but they're smart. Mm-hmm. They're effective. Well, okay. Okay. Yeah. And their intention. And see, and I, and, and, so they're totalitarians is what they are. Yep. They just want total control. That's right. Yeah. Let me ask, at one time, we all at least thought we could sleep well at night, believing that, that, that Americans were Americans, that Republicans and Democrats at the end of the day were on our side. Yeah, we may have differences internally, but when it came to you know Pearl Harbor being attacked or 9-11, whatever it was, we came together as Americans. Now, I think confidence in our elected officials, confidence in the FBI, confidence in CIA. Oh, it's all of it is shaken. Yeah, it's on the, let me just ask basement. You, let's just I'll throw it up as a jump ball. But how long has that been reality? And of course, now I think they're just brazen enough to to admit it, where at one time they at least tried to hide their cards. But now... They don't even seem to be hiding it anymore. How, how is that true? First of all, in your opinions, and how long has it been? When did we lose control of, of Washington? You know, there's something that used to be called uh, it, the, the 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 disagreements stopped at the water's edge. Remember that term? And it meant that at home and, and within our own circles, we might disagree, we might tussle over uh, policy, this and that. But at the water's edge, it stops. And yeah. when 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 you you are abroad, you're looking with other countries, uh, we're united, we're Americans. And that's not the case anymore. I don't know how far back we have to go. Um, you know, it, it, it crept up on us maybe gradually, but I would say certainly by the 1960s and from there on, maybe, which puts us at, what, about uh, 60 years anyway? Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of evidence in Vietnam. Of course, you know, we've got a lot of Vietnam vets in our, in our church. And, of course, that's a sensitive subject. Because if I'm correct in my history, we didn't lose a single major battle. It wasn't a military defeat. It was a political defeat. You know, our, our media surrendered the, the fight, and we started uh, trying to uh, endear the Viet Cong to the American citizens as part of the oh, oppressed masses. Yeah. And then our political officials we we would ask our military to fight with one hand behind their back you know you can't shoot unless they shoot first you can't cross here and i mean you know when when you go my my philosophy is we want peace but when somebody attacks us we kick the living crap out of them leave them in a steaming pile and then we leave yeah and let them rebuild themselves but that's not the way we play in the united states of america well let let me ask a question and we'll take this to the next podcast because basically we're out of time so i want to ask you the question are these people i'm talking about people in our government are they our friends you have to name names are they our friends are they the friends of liberty or have we gotten to the place where maybe they are and and how many let me ask you if you yeah what's the percentage what's the percentage of our congress that you would say is truly one of us a a, a warrior for liberty what percent percent okay so, so let, let's hold that. Let's let's talk about that more in the next podcast. Okay. So that's kind of where we are because we're out of time. 
So we want to thank everybody for joining us this week's edition of Brian the Storm Out with our special guest, Claire Lopez, former FBI, John Guandola, former FBI, and John Bennett, former seatmate of Dan Fisher in the Oklahoma legislature, now a former lifetime 20-year Marine, and we are honored to have all three of us yeah. our guests this week. So Thanks, guys. We'll see you next Thanks week. Thanks for joining us. Our next edition of Brian the Storm Out. Until then, God bless you.